Welcome back to another <clears throat> edition of At The Buzzer. It's two-thirds of the way into the season. This is your co-host, Jack Barsh. Over there, always, Sam Mativier. Sam, how are you? I'm tired. Don't want to deal with the snow. I'm glad that you're answering honestly. Yeah. How are yeah. you doing? You know, I'm not tired. Um, I'm not dealing with as much snow. I just had another cup of coffee. So we're doing good there. Yeah, and I watched I, Hell's Kitchen, which always gets me up and jumping. So ooh, I was watching The Good Place earlier today. That's, um, it's not as good as Gordon Ramsay, but <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, really anything to get to wash Friday out of my body. You know, at the farther away I get, the better I feel. See, this is why I'm watching a show about positivity. <laughs> well, kind of about positivity, oh. sure. Well, if you have a... Hmm, okay. <laughs> I think it's positive. Anyways. Posi- positive nihilism. Posi- there you go. Positive nihilism. Okay. Uh, speaking of positive nihilism, the Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes 2019 football season uh, just took another pretty... Pretty massive dump on the fans today or on Friday, um, with a heartbreaking thirty-four to thirty-one, right? Thirty-four, thirty-one. Thirty-five loss. to thirty-one. Thirty-five, thirty-one loss um, against USC at home, despite leading for most of the game, and uh, fifty-three minutes of the game. Oh, I'm just gonna do another big sigh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about your opinion piece that you wrote? Yeah, sure. Let's do some cross-marketing. Um, a opinion piece I thought was a little bit too harsh, but some people have said it, it's, uh, it was too kind, which I, I, I guess I can appreciate that feedback. Um, I tried to split the line and basically, of course, write how I feel. That is an opinion piece. Um, and just say that the CU this year is painfully close to being a mediocre football team. Um, and, and you can do this better in text, but the emphasis is on the word painfully. Um, it, all caps. All caps. Thank you. All caps. I do like my all caps. And I How best to, to emphasize. It, <clears throat> see, you should not be, I guess here's what I should have said more in the, in the um, article. It should not be a painfully close year for CU. Fifth year quarterback, there's two first round picks on this team. And CU still is just right there. We sh- we abs- the CU absolutely should have beaten USC on Friday, and CU absolutely should have beaten Air Force way back when in September. And as I said, you can ab- you can stretch your mind and say that the uh, Arizona win should have absolutely been or Arizona yeah Arizona win should have absolutely been an Arizona loss, um, meaning that CU would be undefeated at home right now. Um, instead, they're three and five. They've lost. <clears throat> three games at home and they're staring down the barrel of a no bowl season uh, again when that should not be the case. Boy, that hurts. Boy, that hurts. Yeah. And that was, that was a win that had to happen for a bowl. Cause there's now what four games left and it's, is there four or five, but uh, no, there are four games left and UCLA, UCLA Stanford, which should be wins. We'll Washington. talk about that. And then Washington and Utah, which should be losses. So yes. it looks like we're going to be five and seven. Mm-hmm. Best case right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it sh- I mean, just look at just look at the tape on Friday. That should not. 
see you. All they had to do was fall on the fumble. Just one of the three that they caused. And CU probably wins that game. All they had to do is not false start in the goal in the red zone, and they probably win that game. They scored a touchdown on that false start. We talked about this yesterday. Um, yes, but there were multiple. I mean, how many? What was there? Five, six false starts. Okay, the one, the false start that killed me was the fourth one on and one. fourth and one yep. on like the USC thirty-four or whatever. Yep. Arlington Hambright false started. Yep. CU took a delay of game, moved yep. back, and then punted. Can't that do that. Can't do that if you're going to win against a more talented team. You just can't. Oh, boy, that hurts. And then Everything I think about that hurts. You could look – I mean, it's kind of lazy and bad sports journalism to just look at, like, refereeing. But, I mean, not that CU didn't make mistakes, but it's kind of hard to see, like, that the, the late hit of Montez where he honestly looked like he got a concussion. I can't speculate. <laughs> right, but he lost. He he admitted that he lost consciousness for a second. But did he really? that, yeah, he did. You could see his Jeez. arms go limp too. On Jeez. The um. But that resulted in a punt, but it should mm-hmm. have been an automatic first down at like the forty-yard line or whatever. Yep, and not even well. It, it's it's sour grapes to say like they should have did that done uh, called that flag. But it was obvious. It's just it was well, just a consistency because Nate Lamon did a. I mean, I would say not dirty. USC fans would say dirty. I'm sure probably neutral observer would say late. Nate Lamon hit Keaton Slovis earlier in the game after he threw the ball. They threw the flag. If you're gonna throw that one, throw the other one. They mm-hmm. it just just play it consistent. Didn't well, he happen. Took, he Ugh. took two steps towards Montez and hit him in the chest, which is usually a clear cut roughing. I. Uh, Despite all that, I don't think we can necessarily blame the refs. I think this falls squarely no. on on not capitalizing on the, uh, on the opportunities. No, I'm just saying given it to this team, and it hurts. Boy, that hurts more for Steven Montez than us. Obviously, I hope he's okay. He seems okay. Like he passed concussion protocol. He was fine on the press conference today. He said, "Bless you" to me when I sneezed. Thanks, Steven. Very uh, kind man. Very kind man. I just wanted to name drop or to. <laughs> Specify that he talked to me today. It basically it that game is absolutely frustrating. I'm assuming for every CU fan that watched it, just because so many things went right that I did not think was going to go right, and then every not everything, but so many things didn't go right enough. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Let's use this to introduce a new gimmick we're trying That's out. right. It only took us like 10 episodes to think of a thing, but we thought yeah. of one. So we're ripping this straight from another podcast. We're not going to say From what. like 8 million other podcasts. Okay. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people use this, uh, but whatever. If it works, gonna, it works. We're going to introduce something called, ready? At the buzzer. <laughs> nice. And we're either going to say it's before the buzzer, so it's good, which we'll call a Chen. <laughs> or a after the buzzer, so it's no good, and then that will be a what was it? A not chen? A not chen. I don't think this is very catchy. The not. Well, we got to find a better name than not chen. But once again, okay. Sabatino Chen, so. we're here for you always. Think- Eight years later, we're here for you. <laughs> I think that we could stick to before the buzzer, after the buzzer. Yeah. Okay. I'll just say it in my head. Okay. So basically, we're going to say something that's good and something that's bad. Yes. Um, yeah, and usually it'll be 
CU related, CU athletics related, um, or topic at hand related. So for this one, we're going to talk about the USC game, I think. Um, I'll start with my, I guess, at before the buzzer. Uh, I think I am, I was so completely uh, impressed with Katie Trujillo in this game. True freshman going against a experienced, talented wide receiver group that USC has. They eat everyone alive. They have all year. Um, and yeah, he gave up completions because everyone does the Tyler Vaughns and Michael Pittman, but he got an interception. He got a sack. He made the plays I needed to play. And honestly, he was way more solid than I expected him to be despite the lack of safety help over the top. So I thought what a growth game for a true freshman that should not be playing right now, but it is due to attrition and injury. I you, thought it was amazing. Yeah. You, you took mine. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> that's why I went first. And yeah, true. He had an interception in the first half. Had another where he, he got a sack on second down, forced the third and long that they didn't convert. Mm-hmm. And then he was making plays. Like, even if he did allow a bunch of catches, all of those were contested. And he was working hard. Even when he got beat, he would just bounce back the next play. And that's the type of mentality you want to see at DB. Yeah, I just didn't want to see him broken against this, this wide receiver core. But he actually, he, he did much better than I thought he would. Um, all right, let's do the snake draft style. I did the first before the buffer, buzzer. You can take the first after the buzzer. Um, this is the bad thing, by the way. This is the bad thing. <laughs> LaVisca Chenault didn't get touched the ball in the fourth quarter. Oh. Uh, and, and what were his stats, if you want to remind the group? <clears throat> okay, he had – okay, off the top of my head, I think. He had, oh, I can give you his stats if you have it off the top oh, of your head. I think it was nine catches for 172 yes, yards. That's correct. And then one rush for 17. <clears throat> yep. And, okay, so if you're averaging 18.9 And a 71-yard touchdown is the yes, other thing. Yeah. Not <laughs> thing. Which was just a ridiculously casual play. Yep. Um, so that was – CU scored that with, what, 12 minutes left in the third quarter? Mm-hmm. And then they didn't score again the rest of the game. I don't know if LaVisca really touched it after that. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to say he should have gotten the ball because he's a little bit banged up. USC is obviously keying in on him. And he did get a target. But... One to, target is not enough for 15 minutes of football with LaVisca Chanel on your team. It just isn't. Especially in a close game, especially when he can be used as a wildcat quarterback on a... I don't know, third and four at Which, the to USC be fair, 35. They did try, and uh, it did not work earlier in the game. Uh, well, it also worked later in the game. So this, the 17-yard run was on a wildcat. Yeah. On fourth and two, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember that. It, it was That was a great block by Brady Russell to spring that. But, yeah, I mean, <sighs> CU's offense stagnated in the fourth quarter, obviously. Um, and that was with Steven Montez taking a hit. He was a little – off when he came back um he handed the ball off to the wrong side twice (laughs) yeah but you know how to make your quarterback's life easier in that situation Hmm. it's just give him easy throws your best player just just have lavisca chanel line up in the slot do a tunnel sleep screen have him do a slant easy throws pitch and catch let him make the play steven montez in that throw downfield that is absolutely after the buzzer (laughs) yep um all right right. my after the buzzer is going to be the Red zone play calling, uh, once again. Uh, I think in the first half with the Katie Nixon nice little crossing route, that worked like a charm. And I think he scored on the same exact play later in the game. Um, But when you have a rushing attack that's working for 80 yards of the field, you have a beast that can line up a Wildcat quarterback, 
there's absolutely no reason for you to go backwards um, at any point in the red zone, especially with Brady Russell springing the blocks he did. I believe, hold on, that CU did they – did, they kicked a field goal, right? They kicked one field goal this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the red zone opportunities ended in a touchdown. Is that correct? Um, well, it was two touchdowns to Nixon. Let's look. Um, the touchdown to the 71-yarder to LaVisca, that's three. And they scored a fourth. I don't know who scored it. Montez was, had a rushing touchdown, 17 yes. yards. 17 yards. So, basically, see, you avoided the problem by not scoring in the red zone. <laughs> um, but when they did get down there, it just always looked so much more painful than the rest of the field, and I can't quite figure out why. Because the running works until they get into the 20-yard line, and then they stop running the balls often, and I don't get it. Are they, like, predictable when they run it? Like, do they telegraph well, it? For the most part, every team is predictable, but it, it, with this line right now, it doesn't matter. Alex Fontenot is doing a great job with the zone scheme. He's finding the exact right hole to he always get really positive good yards. He has great vision. Um, and he's, he's never falling backwards, and I feel like he is such a weapon to use in the red zone that he just doesn't get the ball. And even Jaron well, Mangum, he is a sledgehammer. Let him get in there. Yeah, well, CU usually puts in Mangum at running back, which I don't know if that hamstrings them or not, considering how good Fontenot has been. Yes, yeah, so the first, their first drive was a field goal, um, which, surprise, surprise, was a red zone field goal. Um, just to give you a little bit of the, the play calling from the red zone, uh, Steven Montez pass complete to Alex Fontenot to get to the 12-yard line. And then here we, here's the beautiful play calling we have. Jaron Mangum, two-yard run, first down, <laughs> first and goal. Jaron Mangum, five-yard run. You're on a first and goal, you get five yards. Second and goal, run the ball again. Passing complete to LaVisca, third and goal, passing complete to LaVisca, kick the field goal. Hmm. If you get five yards on first and goal, why on earth are you not running the ball again on second and goal? I don't understand it. They already know you're there. They already are stacking the box. You're running against them. Anyways, that's my, that's my not good. That's my after the buzzer. I think that the reason why the kind of the fourth quarter collapse was so painful is because we knew that CU could run the ball and we knew that they could take off like even with the stack box they could get three four yards mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah and they didn't all right so i guess snake draft i'll take the second uh before the buzzer this is good uh and this kind of feeds into what i was saying offensive line again i thought did the job very well this game besides yes, the penalties all starts suck yes the holding penalty also sucks um but alex fondo is getting holes to run through Steven yeah. Montez had a clean pocket for most of this game, despite the fact that USC has some crazy good pass rushers in John Houston and Christian Rector. Um, and uh, I, I felt like, for the most part, CU can move the ball at will um, in the middle of the field, which is exactly what the offensive line should help with. I thought he, they did a great job. Yeah, I don't have anything to add other than I agree. That's fine. Switch go to yours. I think the one on, like, the Fontenot had, like, a 12-yard run after the Stenstrom run, mm-hmm. but the flag was called on Jalen Harris. So he's a tight end, not an yeah. offensive lineman. So that was yep. the, the big hold that was called. Right. Um, I don't have anything good. Really? No, okay. Okay. I'll, okay, take, here, I'll here, take yours here. if you don't want I can, it. No, no, no. I can, I, Steven Montez running the ball was very fun. Yes, and I believe he mentioned as such in the press conference that he likes running the ball at the beginning yeah. of the game. Yeah, he does. He he says it gets him into a rhythm. 
he likes finishing runs rather than sliding. He does. Yeah, he likes the physicality. He likes uh, not losing yards on the slide. <laughs> yes. Um, and this is, some, this is a Montez we haven't seen in a while because he said that he has focused more on being a pocket passer, that he's, like, he's moved away from scrambling. Well, both, not, both Jay Johnson and the previous quarterbacks coach, Kurt Roper, really don't like him to take those hits, um, which mm-hmm. I don't think he necessarily minds taking those hits. And we know from experience that Brian Lindgren in 2016 absolutely <laughs> did not care what, what hits his quarterback took. Um, so I think he's more in that mode but the, of the Cepha mode of um, getting hit helps him get focused, which is just an interesting little thing about them. Well, he also – competitive edge. He, like, he just looked faster. Yeah. Like, or more decisive than he, he usually He absolutely does. did. And it's like, if you have a 6'5", 230-pound quarterback who can run like that, can you please use him sometimes? Mm-hmm. Especially on, say, I don't know, third and four <laughs> <laughs> at the 35-yard line in a little close game late. Oh, man, that one hurt. Not, not to bring up the Brian Lindgren, like, quarterback dive on third and eight, but... <laughs> You just yeah. want there to be like it, it makes your run game more unpredictable when you have a giant quarterback who can run. Well, look for for twelve weeks of that twenty six or eleven weeks of that twenty sixteen year, the third and five run Cepho behind Bo Bisharat play worked, and that's why he did it so often. It's because mm-hmm. it worked. Um, that one you could say might work with Montez. I don't think he's a sledgehammer that Cepho was. Not anything against Montez, but. Um, I just don't think he's a, he's a different type of runner than, than Steph ever was. Um, I guess I'll take my last before the buzzer, my last good, or uh, yeah, my last good to talk about. You've talked uh, about, you have had two of these. I've had one, but okay. it's okay. Just keep no, going. No, no, no. Steven Montez was yours. Steven Montez running. Oh, that was my only one. Don't worry. Okay. Well, my last one will be <laughs> Alex Fontenot. Um, once we talked about it a little bit, so I'll just keep it short, but he is absolutely a pleasant surprise, completely solid running back. And I don't think it's anything against Jared Mangum or Deion Smith, but I thought it'd be more of a rotation. I think he's done a really good job holding onto that spot. And he's just so, so I trust him completely back there in the running and passing game, which is something that's hard to say for a lot of other running backs. I'm not surprised by Fonsano. <laughs> okay. There's, no. the, there's the journalistic information. Well, no, I mean, I just thought that he would be good. Yeah. You thought that Mangum would take over a starter. I did. Um, all right. What's your, do you have another ad for the buzzer? Mm, I don't want to be negative. I want to move on. Okay. Well, that was our first try at, uh, at the buzzer. <laughs> Let us know what you think of it. I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think we could have a little more focus next time. Maybe. It's hard for <laughs> us, but maybe. <laughs> Okay. Um, so quickly now, let's move on to UCLA. Um, this will be an official Ralphie Report road trip, a triple RT. Um, I will be out in LA for this game, um, and I will probably take some take some shots for the social media accounts. But um, I I've never made it out to the Rose Bowl. I'm very excited to see what an empty stadium looks like. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I guess we'll have to see how the fires work out, but it might be a little smoky in the air uh, for that Saturday night game. Yeah, it'll be kind of strange for the players going from here, where we've had four straight days of snow, whatever, mm-hmm. into 
the state of California is on fire. Yeah. Um, we will be um, facing a, a beat up UCLA team that's also very young, but they just came off a nice win against Arizona State. Um, sound familiar? And they will uh, have quarterback questions as I think Dorian Thompson Robinson is still recovering from the injury he suffered last week. Um, so once again, CU does not know who they're going to face at quarterback. And once again, I expect that to hurt them greatly because that's just how CU rolls. Well, in fairness, Dorian Thompson Robinson is not good. So mm-hmm. I think and we all remember super UCLA backup Mike Faithful in, uh, in 2016 coming in and just getting brutalized by this defense. <laughs> that was one of my favorite senior games ever. They won 20 to 14 on Isaiah Oliver's punt return. Absolutely incredible that I game. I believe it was 20 to 13, yeah. But no, yeah. 20 to 13, yeah. All kinds of penalties, all kinds of personal fouls. Tack McKinley had like 12 sacks, 18 <laughs> sacks. Jimmy Gilbert like had like 16 sacks that game. <laughs> And yeah, boy, that was the Jim Moore era. Um, but UCLA has plenty of young players, lots of talent. Theo Howard is transferring out. He's, he's probably going to be the highest grad transfer target at wide receiver. Um, but they are doing just fine on offense. They have plenty of weapons. Um, they have a young running back, I guess, trio, tandem, how, how I want to describe it, um, that can really be dynamic. Um, and as we know, CU does a very good job defending the edge rush. So Joshua Kelly is their big physical back, right? Who I love. Okay. And, I, and you should love also because he transferred away from UC Davis to get away from Dan Hawkins. And we all can understand that. Oh, bless. Uh, yeah. But they have a guy, they have Casimir Allen, who's great. Um, Kaz Allen, I guess is, is what he? he goes by. Demetric Felton, also great. Demetric um, Felton is also their second lead or their leading receiver. So is yep. he a hybrid type? Yeah, he moved to he moved to running back and broke out against Washington State. Um, oh no! Yeah. So he's gonna hit the edge hard and. Yeah. Um, oh wait, no, he was running back last year. Oh, I'm looking at Josh Kelly's stats. I'm sorry. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> um, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a night game uh, or I guess evening game. I guess you really call it a supper game. Um, on the road on the Pac-12 Networks. I believe it's five Pacific is when that kicks off. Um, and CU's walking into that stadium a six-point underdog, which, frankly, I thought was a little generous. Because um, that means that Vegas basically thinks that UCLA is just a three-point better team, which is pretty much a toss-up. And then they're adding a little home court, home court advantage on top of that. Which, I mean, as bad as CU is, I really – UCLA is bad. Um, well, they've gotten better. Oh, they were oh, much okay. worse at the yeah. beginning of the year, but they've, they've definitely, they're on the upswing, um, which I am jealous of. See, <laughs> I wish you, I could say the same thing. If you lose at home to Oregon State, you should burn down the stadium, specifically the field house. Are you saying that you're saying that because you want to get rid of Balch Fieldhouse at Folsom? I want to get rid of Balch Fieldhouse. Yeah. Well, so does Rick George. So, um, I, I think but the point is they lost at home to Oregon State. Yeah, and I don't know what to make of this game. CU's defense showed me a lot more than I thought I would see last week against USC. Um, they didn't lose anybody to injury. No, huge win. Uh, they bowed their backs. They they stopped them actually a few times. USC replacements played well. They I'm saying they bowed their backs as in they they didn't completely roll over. Um, oh. 
you know, they... I was going to say that USC was down to, like, their fifth string yes, running back. Yes, which did help us. Um, but Jalen Sammy, I thought, played a pretty good game. Alex Changum, I thought, played a pretty good game. Jamar Montgomery, I thought, was a surprise. Number 58 getting in there. Of course, um, From last chance you, Jamar Montgomery. Um, and, I, I mean, KJ Hugo keeps growing. Another guy I really liked seeing out there was Mark Perry. I thought he looked way better than he had. Uh, I thought he got torched less than I thought he would. He uh, also got a sack. Did he really? Mm-hmm, on a blitz. Yeah, and he, God, he is 18 years old, and he looks absolutely physically built. Give him a few more years, and he's going to be a f- terrible, terrible safety. By terrible, I mean, like, scary safety. Mm-hmm. He's going to look um, terrifying. So I – the defense I, I am now treating as a not complete failure going into UCLA, which I probably shouldn't. Um, as we all know, uh, the, the advanced stats don't like our defense. We are ranked 107th in the country in defensive SP+. Higher than I thought. Higher, Honestly, yes. Um, and offensively, we're higher than we thought, too, at 23rd. Um, but 107th out of 130 is not good. I, I will take that stand. It's not good. Um, probably that's just because we lack a lot of, we, we are the opposite of an efficient defense. We let the offense pretty much move the ball at will. And for the most part this season, we've been relying on turnovers to stop drives. Um, it was nice to see the punter actually trot out on Folsom, the opposing team's punter at least. Um, so moving forward against UCLA, that needs to continue. Um, and the offense app probably needs to score, I don't know, every possession in some form. Oh, I, mm, I don't know if I possession? agree. Okay, so I'm looking at UCLA's defense. And so they gave up five touchdown passes to Jake Luton. They gave up three touchdown passes to Jaden Daniels. They got gashed by Oregon State's Isaiah Hodgins and then by ASU's Brandon Ayuk and Frank Darby. I'm just mm-hmm. wondering how CU doesn't just throw for 400 yards on them. Uh, the main thing would be because um, UCLA is really good at bringing pressure. Are they? I watching them. Yes, they have a really good defensive line. They've okay. had injuries this year, especially in the in the Pac-12 season, which has hindered them a bit. But um, they have a good front seven. However, CU's offensive line is not the CU offensive line of last year. So I think they can actually handle some of that pressure pretty well. Yeah, I just see that they don't get any sacks. So, whatever um, pressure, whatever no. pressure I see isn't showing up on stats. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily um, – I think it's a lot of throwaways or scrambles, especially with who they played. Jake Luton actually kept his jersey clean, which is why they, they won that game. Um, they won that pretty easily. And by they, we, mean, we both mean Oregon State. Yeah, my favorite team. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Ah, ha, ha, ha. We're uh, all laughing. Uh, uh, no. um, a lot of I, I do like Oregon State, but I, Ted calls me a uh, Oregon State fan first because I. Uh, you'll see Ted. Ted Chalfin. Uh yeah, our resident UC, our resident LA expert here at Ralphie Report. Um, from so anyway, I'm predicting this game is going to be a pretty high scoring game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think whatever defense gets one or two stops is probably going to win the game for them. But maybe, you know, it'll be a weird Pac-12 thing where it's it's a defensive battle. 
Um, but CU absolutely has to win this game just in, just for morale's purposes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually think they do. Yeah, I think CU will win. They Last year was kind of funny because CU was like, what, 4-0? And then they struggled against the UCLA team that hadn't won a game yet. Oh, no, not last year. Yeah, Yes, last year. No, CU burned UCLA last year. Mm, not, it was like they had to pull away in the fourth quarter, I believe. Uh, all right, let's do some impromptu fact-checking. You are mm-hmm. – I'm 90% sure you're wrong, but whatever. Um, all right, 2018 Colorado Buffaloes. Let's take okay, 38 to 16. Uh-huh, yeah. But it was uh, 13-14 at half. Yeah, sure. And then yeah. CU rode uh, – LaVisca yeah. and Trayvon. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, so anyways um, – there, I mean, UCLA always has athletes. Chip Kelly has less athletes than Jim Mora did over there. And they looked completely dead in the water after that Oregon State win. But he's actually pulled it back a little bit um, to respectability. Also worth noting, so I just talked about how I don't see how UCLA really contains the receivers. Uh, Visca had 112 or 126 receiving yards that game. Yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, that was pretty early into his breakout year. So, if he is healthy, in which he keeps saying he is healthier, he's getting healthier every week. He's closer to 100% than he's been this year. Um, if he's healthy, then that is good news for CU going up against this secondary. Um, do you have anything else on the game? Uh, no, I just think it's going to be nice to see you win. I'm excited to see the Rose Bowl. Okay, what do you think the score is? I'm going to go with a nine. I'm going to go with Ooh, let's do 37-30. Okay, I'm going C wins 41 to 31. 41-31, okay. Yeah. Just, to, just to make sure that we're not completely off base, let's take a look at what Vegas thinks the total points for this game is going to be. Um, and while we're looking at this, before we head out, do you have any other um, shout-outs, news, anything for the Colorado Buffaloes football team? What? No. Do you have, do you have anything <laughs> else you want to add? I have nothing. I'm in basketball mode. This is a – It's a. by the way, it's a 6 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. And this, the over-under right now is 64-and-a-half, so we are right on target. Yeah, I'm over by a bit. Yep, yeah. so am I. All right, well, um, we're both predicting a CU win, and like, and like Sam said, we are officially transitioning over almost <laughs> to basketball mode. So look for some nice content yeah. coming that way soon. We're, Once again, we're, we're literally doing... just going to stop this and record a basketball podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look for that coming up. This has been At The Buzzer.